for Election Day, November 2nd. It's the early word from the WNYC Newsroom. Hi there, I'm Isaac Davy Aronson. Very glad to be back with you, and thanks to all of you who donated during our pledge drive. And I've got a look at this morning's top news, the day ahead, and reporting highlights from the WNYC News team. Coming up, Beth Fertig tells us what to expect in the voting booth today, and Ozzy Pabra surveys the greatest hits of the 2010 midterm political ads. We start with this morning's top headlines just ahead. The Early Word is a production of WNYC Radio. You can support this podcast by making a donation at WNYC.org, where you can also get the latest updates on this morning's headlines on the news page. The military's don't ask, don't tell policy will remain in effect for now. A federal appeals court has indefinitely extended its freeze on a judge's order halting enforcement of the policy. A divided three-judge panel of the Ninth U.S. Circuit granted the U.S. government's request for a stay while it challenges the trial court's ruling that the ban on openly gay service members is unconstitutional. The San Francisco Giants have won the World Series, beating the Texas Rangers 3-1 in a tense Game 5. The Giants last wore the crown in 1954, four years before they moved west. But turning to today's big contest, Republicans are brimming with confidence that they'll take over the House by a good showing in today's midterm elections. They need a net gain of 40 seats. But President Obama isn't conceding anything. He's urging Democrats to get out and vote. The president has taped interviews with numerous radio hosts in cities around the country to air today. New York City voters will get four sets of instructions when they vote today because of complaints about the ballot. The problem? The official instructions on the ballot say to circle the oval that appears above or next to a candidate's name. As WNYC's Beth Fertig explains... That's not correct. The city was alerted to this problem by the Brennan Center for Justice at NYU. Officials at the Board of Elections say it was too late to change the ballot, so they've clarified the wording by putting a yellow flyer and a palm card in every voting booth that instructs voters to fill out the oval below a candidate's name. But the Brennan Center says there's still the potential for confusion because the city is also posting a two-page flyer in the voting booths from the state with the wrong instructions. A Board of Elections attorney says this flyer must be posted under state law. For WNYC, I'm Beth Fertig. Election watchdog groups are staffing call centers that can handle complaints from voters today. Lawrence Norden, senior counsel for the Brennan Center, says he's hopeful the Board of Elections learned its lessons from primary day. Several polling sites opened late, and voters complained there wasn't enough privacy for the new paper ballots. An easy lesson to learn that they, they should have learned was to make sure that they've coordinated adequately with the police department and the Department of Elections to open the polling places on time, that they have enough time to set up the machines. Board of Elections President Julie Dent said polling sites would be ready with equipment by the end of the day yesterday. Voters can call 866-OUR-VOTE if they have any problems. Meanwhile, in New Jersey, WNYC's Bob Henley reports that even as campaigns spend millions of dollars to get people to the polls, more than 1.6 million eligible voters have chosen not to register. According to the U.S. Census, the age group most disengaged is 18 to 24-year-olds. About 37 percent, or a quarter of a million Jersey young adults, are like Ryan Ernst. He's 22, works two jobs, and is unregistered. Well, honestly, I really should get out there and vote, but, um, I mean, like, I'd like to have my opinion heard, but uh, I'm just, I'm just too busy, actually. 
Yet in the last midterm elections in 2006, Jersey's 18 to 24-year-olds that were registered posted the biggest gain in voter participation in the nation, shooting up from 47th to 38th place, tying with Connecticut. Still just one in four voted. In 2008's presidential race, that participation jumped to 46%. For WNYC, I'm Bob Henley. In New Jersey, polls are open from 6 a.m. to 8 p.m., and in New York, from 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. In other news, a handful of iconic old businesses along Coney Island's boardwalk will not be returning next season. Their new landlord is not renewing their leases, forever shuttering concessions like the 76-year-old bar Ruby's and the paintball attraction Shoot the Freak. Nathan's famous hot dogs will stay. Coney Island History Project's Charlie Denson says updating the boardwalk shouldn't mean removing the old-timers. The fact that we're losing all of them at once is really a shame. It's not as if one went out of business and was being replaced, but basically it's kind of a clean sweep of the boardwalk. If that was their intention, they should have let them know from the beginning. A spokesman for the landlord, Central Amusements International, which operates the new Luna Park, says it plans to invest millions of dollars in a resurgent boardwalk featuring world-class entertainment, dining, and retail stores. One of the rescued Chilean miners will be running Sunday's New York City Marathon. New York Roadrunners President Mary Wittenberg says Edison Peña has sent word through the Chilean consulate that he wants to run in the race. Peña is a triathlete and one of 33 miners who were trapped for 69 days after an August 5th collapse stranded them underground. Let's see, what's on today's calendar? Oh yes, it's election day. And WNYC wants to hear from you about your experience at the polls. Sign up by texting the word DECIDE to 69866, and we'll text you back. And if you respond with your address, we'll send you the location of your polling place. Text DECIDE to 69866. And find all our Election Day features on our new politics website, itsafreecountry.org. And tune in for full live coverage starting tonight at 8 on WNYC. What else is happening today? Well, the Federal Reserve Open Market Committee opens a two-day meeting to decide what to do about interest rates and the economy. Also discussion of how big a second round of quantitative easing, putting more money into the economy to get banks lending and businesses growing and hiring, might be. Automakers report sales for the month, and the new General Motors is expected to announce the terms of its initial public stock offering. The Supreme Court hears arguments over California's bid to ban the sale or rental of violent video games to children younger than 18. And Junior's Restaurant in Brooklyn holds the next great cheesecake flavor recipe contest bake-off to mark its 60th anniversary, and it's selling 60-cent slices of cheesecake throughout the day. Finally, an Election Day contest where everybody wins. Just a few of the things happening today. Don't forget to vote. Well, they turn more stomachs than a roller coaster and are scarier than most Halloween costumes. WNYC's Ozzy Pebra has the story of this year's more notable attack ads and what's behind them. Chances are, if you're running for office, you're running attack ads. Nick Rahal, good for the Middle East, good for Obama, bad for America. I'm Spike Maynard. A study from Wesleyan University's Media Project found that Democrats and Republicans run about the same number of attack ads. Submit to me. Taliban Dan Webster hands off our bodies and our laws. And that the proportion of attack ads you're seeing nowadays is about the same as they were two years ago, before there were things like Tea Party candidates. Introducing Sharon Angle's car. 
but not all attack ads are the same. Wesleyan researchers found Democrats, quote, are using personal attacks at a much higher rate than Republicans. For example, Democrat Andrew Cuomo is running for governor against Carl Palladino. And if you listen to the ad, it's all about Carl Palladino's campaign team. The Republican chairman, Richard Nixon's son-in-law, a master of dirty tricks, leading one of the nastiest campaigns in the country. You can't clean up Albany with dirty hands. No policy, no issues. The suggestion is the Republican candidate isn't qualified because of who one of his supporters is married to. Co-director of the Wesleyan Media Project, Associate Professor Michael Franz of Bowdoin College, says there's a reason Democrats are making their attacks personal. Candidates who have less political experience, in this case those candidates who claim to be outsiders, fresh to the political scene, those types of candidates are going to be more open to the personal attacks because they don't necessarily have the policy background on which to be criticized. The Wesleyan study which looked at hundreds of congressional, Senate, and gubernatorial ads, said pro-Democratic ads focused on the personal characteristics of Republican candidates in 21% of their attack ads. That's compared to just 11% of Republican ads that talked about Democrats' personal characteristics. Republicans aren't shy about leashing their attack ads, but Franz says there's a difference worth noting. When Republicans attack, they're attacking Democratic policies. Take healthcare legislation. That's a major target. The changes that were promised are quite literally life-saving. But unfortunately, the changes aren't showing up fast enough. The result? Republicans, like Senate candidate Sharon Angle of Nevada, are redefining what the health care bill actually is. But here's the kicker. Reed actually voted to use taxpayer dollars to pay for Viagra for convicted child molesters and sex offenders. What else could you ever need to know? By redefining the bill, she's hoping to take down Senate Majority Leader Harry Reid. The multi-billion dollar stimulus package has been hailed by economists for cushioning the recession. But with so many people unemployed, Republicans are more than happy to talk about it. Three million for a turtle tunnel, 200,000 for Siberian lobbyists, half a million to study Neptune, two million to photograph exotic ants, and 150,000 to watch monkeys on drugs. Attack ads are as old as politics, but you may be seeing more of them now. Salon.com's Alex Perrine says thanks to the Internet, local politics are national. An ad in a local race can become a national issue when it goes on YouTube. The attack ad comes with an obvious drawback, says Professor Franz. Predicting the success of a negative attack is very, very difficult to do. And if anything, the type of attack that Democrats are waging, these personal attacks, are probably pretty close to the tipping point where those types of messages could boomerang back on the Democrats. Whether attack ads boomerang against Democrats or blow up on Republicans, one thing is for sure. They won't be forgotten, says Bob Garfield, co-host of NPR's On the Media. We share a favorite line from this 2010 campaign cycle. From the mayoral race in Winnipeg, Manitoba, in Canada, in which the attack ad showed file footage of the incumbent mayor in a soccer game with local teens. And he tries some sort of bicycle kick and he just levels some 14-year-old. Kick him in the head. And the line in the ad is, Sam Cates, he kicks children in the face. (laughs) It was a mock ad, of course, and Sam Cates won re-election. For WNYC, I'm Ozzie Pabra. We'll wrap it up with today's gig alert, our look at the music scene. Ten years ago, the idea of a hip-hop folk band might have seemed far-fetched, but Andy Bothwell, a.k.a. Astronautilus, 
really is both of those things. His music shows just how much hip-hop has infiltrated the language of pop music in the 21st century. The Seattle-based artist plays The Rock Shop in Brooklyn tonight. This track, featuring Oscar Olsen, is available for free on our culture site. Just click culture at wnyc.org. And you can learn more about all the stories you heard here, download more podcasts, and go in-depth with our reporters on the news blog. That's all at our website, wnyc.org. You can hear us there 24 hours a day, as well as on the air at 93.9 FM and AM 820. As I mentioned, we'll have full live election coverage starting at 8 tonight on WNYC. And I'll have those election results for you here on The Early Word tomorrow morning from the WNYC newsroom. I'm Isaac Davy Aronson. Have a great election day.